Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to episode 126 of McChesney Unchained here on DNVR. Remember to go to thednvr.com, check out all the content, check out everything we do down here at 60 Football Academy. It's running the lab right now uh, at 60 Academy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, today's going to be an awesome show. My ex uh, Buffalo teammate uh, and ex NFL alumni, uh, Lawrence Vickers, is going to be joining us here on McChesney Unchained. And LV is just as in the head as I am. So that should be pretty fun. Um, but before we get into anything, I'd like to uh, give a big shout out to our sponsor DraftKings. And it's been a great start to the NFL season. It's only getting better at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Football League. DraftKings is kicking off another week of action by giving all new customers a camp of software. And that's if you bet $1 in any football game this week, you can receive $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Uh, and this football season, all customers can swing big on DraftKings uh, with same-game parlays. I've been hitting those like a bitch. Same-game parlays allow you to combine multiple bets for an even bigger payout. This week, place the same-game parlay on any NFL game, and you will be credited with up to $25 if your total bet loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you place $1 bet on any football game this weekend. That's promo code DNVR to get $150 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Football League. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we roll here on McChesney Unchained, episode 126. Like I said, the great Lawrence Vickers will be joining us here uh, shortly uh, to talk about all things Colorado Buffaloes and the monstrosity on Saturday, but also to look forward because, you know, in my opinion, uh, no one's as bad as they are when they play that bad. They're just playing shitty on Saturday. So we'll definitely get into all of that. But I wanted to wrap up um, an incredible weekend on both the college football front and uh, the the National Football League before we get into week three and week four, respectively. Um, number one, okay, I went to Vegas for the opening weekend, and I didn't talk about this last week. We had, you know, we had a good guest and. I didn't really want to talk about Vegas then, but I'll talk about it now. I went to Vegas. It was fun. I had an awesome time. I uh, did really well uh, on the parlays, did really well on the blackjack tables until, OK, 
okay? And this is just an etiquette thing with me, but if you uh, if you have a problem with this, you either don't play blackjack, or if you don't have a problem with this, you either don't play blackjack or you don't give a shit. And when I'm playing for money, I really care. So I'm sitting at Circus Swim with my boy, my boy Bo Williams, who played with me at CU, and uh, we had just gotten a, a cabana. I'm like, you know, it's dope. I mean, we're having an awesome time. And <laughs> I put about 500, 600 bucks out on the table for the blackjack hand. And this little fuck sits down right next to my left, um, right before they start dealing. And he puts 15 bucks out there. And the first thing he says, right when the dealer puts the card out is, oh, we're all going to lose. And I was like, oh, great. A pessimistic better. So we sit down and mind, I have about 600 bucks on the table. And <laughs> the dealer has the four. And I'm like, okay, we're bus city. Don't. Everybody don't hit. We're all on the same team here. And this little fuck next to me has a two. And he hits and takes the dealer's bus card. And uh, we all lose. He was really, really, like, confused when I was like, how dare you not be able to fucking count and still play blackjack? But I guess that's my fault for sitting at a $15 table. But, again, I was making $100 bets, so they didn't have a bigger table down there at Circus Swim. So, I guess I'm just screwed there. But, look, if you don't know how to count, don't play blackjack, dummy. So, let's get back to uh, McChesney Unchained here. Episode 126, as we roll, the great Lawrence Vickers will be joining us here on the show. Um, So, let's wrap up last week. The Penn State-Auburn game, I thought, Happy Valley, that's what a whiteout's supposed to look like, CU. Just saying, uh, I understand that Penn State wasn't in all white, but they sure did coordinate the whiteout pretty well, a lot better than we did. Um, that was a hell of a game. I think Penn State's real. They're going to give Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa all they can handle in the Big Ten. Um, the the Florida-Alabama game I thought was awesome. Uh, you know, Dan Mullen had to go for two and missed it, and that's they lost the game because of it. Um, I don't think Florida has the same intimidation that a lot of the other SEC schools have with Alabama. I know Georgia doesn't, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But that was one hell of a football game, uh, to say the least. They had like a they were Alabama was a plus fourteen or something like that at one point. So for them to only win by two points, you know, it just goes to show you uh, a lot of these college kids get up to play the games. Speaking of getting up to play games, Oklahoma and Nebraska, that was another huge number. On DraftKings, it was, I think it was plus 16 or 17 itself. And I I took that one as well. I took the points there. I knew Nebraska would show up and, and play hard, you know, knowing just the tradition at that shithole, but also the 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 coaching staff. I know Coach Rude there, the linebacker coach really well. And I, I know that there's a lot of pride there, uh, regardless if they have the right to be prideful or not. I'm just hating on them. Uh, but I knew that they would go to Norman and play hard, and that, that game in Lincoln next year is going to be nuts. Uh, but, you know, the one-handed interception was tight, and Oklahoma's definitely playing down to their competition the first three weeks of the season. That's the way you can look at it, at least. Um, Fresno State went into the Rose Bowl and beat UCLA. And, I mean, this is what Fresno State does. They almost got Oregon at the beginning of the year. They go and beat beat a ranked UCLA team on the road. I personally despise Fresno State just because I feel like they kept us out of the national title game in 01, uh, not not beating them in Folsom like we should have. So UCLA can suck on that one. That one hurts. Uh, and hats off to CSU for beating Toledo. 
uh, you know, McBride went off and you went and got a big road, a big road win. And now your, uh, your prize is Iowa in Iowa city. Have fun with that shit. Uh, but again, good win, uh, by the Rams more than we can say in Boulder. Uh, I'm going to save the buff talk for Lawrence Vickers. So when LV gets on, uh, him and I will talk about the buffs and them getting beat 30 to zero at home. Uh, first time they've been shut out since 2012 when a top five ranked Stanford team came into town and absolutely shit stomped them 48 to nothing. So we will talk about that all when Lawrence Vickers gets on the show here a little bit later on McChesney on chain 126. Uh, this weekend in college football, some of the numbers to look at and some of the games, AM and Arkansas. Arkansas is getting five and a half. Um, that, you know, Arkansas is not fucking around. They already beat the hell out of Texas in, in uh, Fayetteville. I would not be surprised if they play up and beat Texas A&M in that game straight. Uh, Tennessee and Florida play. Florida's a 19-and-a-half-point favorite there. Tennessee's not very good. Pittsburgh ran through them uh, in Knoxville. LSU, Mississippi State, that's a good game. Uh, Clemson, NC State, that plus 10-and-a-half right there for Clemson. Look, bro, that is simply – or or the, the minus 10-and-a-half for Clemson, excuse me – that is simply because of the old teams. That has nothing to do with this team. NC State always plays up at home. I would not be surprised if NC State gives Clemson everything they can handle. That's a lot of points for that game, in my opinion. Rutgers and Michigan, that's another game. You know, 18 and a half for Rutgers. I don't know if Michigan's 18 and a half points better than, than Rutgers. Rutgers is pretty good this year. They're playing up. Um, that's, that's a huge number to motivate some high school kids or some college kids, excuse me. Um, the Baylor Iowa State game that's a big one in the Big 12. It's at it's in Waco, so I would imagine that Iowa State is going to go down there, and that'll be a really close game. The last time those two played in Waco, I'm pretty sure Baylor won by a point. Uh, and then the you know, the Notre Dame Wisconsin game is big. Uh, the SMU TCU that's a battle between two undefeateds that are crosstown rivals. I think SMU should get that Big 12 invite one of these days. I, I'm surprised they didn't already. Uh, and then the Notre Dame Wisconsin, the five and a half for uh, for Notre Dame is something I would really look at, look at. I might take Wisconsin straight on that one, to be completely honest with you, just because I know the Badgers are going to be out to play that game. And Notre Dame is really, really underachieved this year. Again, another team that's playing to the competition level, to say the least. Uh, so that that's a little bit of information on this week's college football games. Again, we'll talk about the Buffs and Arizona State, their trip to Tempe uh, on Saturday night. Uh, when uh, Lawrence Vickers joins us here on McChesney Unchained, episode 126. Um, so let's wrap up week two of the NFL before LV gets on the show here with us. Um, the Thursday night game was, I mean, it was cool. Uh, the, the Washington football team, get a fucking name already. Um, and the Giants played, and it was sloppy, and Washington ended up winning at the end. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into every game here, but the, the one that really – sparked my interest was the Rams and, and the Colts. Um, I think the Colts have all the pieces to win except for quarterback. Uh, they have a China doll playing quarterback. And look, I know what it's like to deal with injuries. No one's, I'm not trying to criticize the guy, but shit, man. And Carson Wentz, you play the position where no one can touch you and you're always hurt. That is China doll to me. Um, I love the matchup with Quentin Nelson and Aaron Donald. I absolutely loved watching them go against each other. And then I loved how much Aaron Donald worked over Gronkowski and just beat the living shit out of him the entire game. I mean, Aaron Donald and, and Floyd are just – that defense is real. And there, there's some holes in it, don't get me wrong. But Jalen Ramsey sealed that game with a pick late. Uh, they're moving him around all over the field. And the Rams – 
you know, they got a fucking big one this week uh, with the Rams going to Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay going to L.A. to play the Rams. That's going to be one hell of a football game and, and a potential NFC championship uh, matchup. Uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, by the way, that place is like a spaceship, the, the, the Raiders stadium. It's, it's unbelievable. But they went on the road to Pittsburgh and got a huge win. And look, I'm not pro Raider by any means. I, I played for the Jets and the Dolphins and the Broncos and the fucking Broncos hate the Raiders. And, you know, I, I don't really care about NFL fandom. So if you get offended by me saying the Raiders are good, suck one. Uh, but the Raiders are fucking good, man. They're legit. They are. They, they've got the deep threat. They can run the shit out of the football and Josh Jacobs didn't even play. The young offensive line looks like it's doing pretty good. I know Derek Carr got beat up a little bit, but that's going to happen against a good pass rush. When they get incognito back, they're going to be better up front. And Max Crosby, Max is my guy. I've been, I've known Max for a really long time and I can't sit here and act like I'm not impressed in 98's performance and how dominant he's been at defensive end for that football team. He's wearing a captain C on his chest for a reason. And I think it's just a matter of timing uh, for Max to get absolutely broke off by the, by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, and, and paid and he'll stay there for a long time. They've been looking for that guy uh, on the defensive side of the ball with the Raiders for a really long time. And I think they found him in Max Crosby. So it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos and the Raiders both at 2-0 in the AFC West where that goes. Um, one of the best games of the weekend involved Arizona. Again, uh, the Arizona-Tennessee game week one wasn't necessarily a great game. I just love watching Kyler Murray. But the Minnesota-Arizona game was an incredibly good game. And I'm telling you, man, I it, like ripped my heart out of my chest. I parlayed Hopkins, uh, Hopkins, Thielen, Jefferson, and Christian Kirk to score in this game. And all three of the, the first three guys all scored in the first half. So I was, that was three for four by halftime. And if I hit on this bet, it's, I think it's like a $15,000, $16,000 payout. So I was, needless to say, I was pretty excited about that going into the half. And then, you know, Christian Kirk, he had a, they threw it to him on the goal line. It got picked. That was one of them where my heart was in my, my throat, to say the least. And then at the end of the game, on fourth down, he lobs one to Kirk, and he got caught on the three-yard line. And he, if he would have scored, I'd, I, I probably would have ran through my front door, and it would have matched last weekend's ass-kicking uh, that I laid on 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 uh, DraftKings and the sports book there at Circus, at Circus Swim. So it didn't hit for me, and I was pretty pissed off. And then the uh, – <laughs> <laughs> but one hell of a football game none, nonetheless. I think Kyler Murray might be the MVP of the league at the moment. That kid is absolutely special. And then the same damn thing happened to me on red zone uh, with Tennessee and Seattle. Julio Jones, if you could just wear white shoes, I'd probably hit that bet as well as I picked Henry and Lockett and Chris Carson and Julio to score, and then Julio didn't. So that would have been another $12,000 payout. So damn it, those didn't hit. And then I hit three or four last night in the Monday night game too. So we're 75%, but those don't win. So all you need is one loser, and the parlay gets fucked. So it is what it is. Uh, it's not going to deter me from betting anymore because, look, you're only a degenerate gambler if you lose. And I don't fucking lose. So <laughs> things are good. Um, the Dallas Charger game was underwhelming uh, just because guys play defense on both sides of the ball. But it's good to see the Cowboys win. The Chargers can lose all their games for as far as I'm concerned. I think they're a fraud. I do think Dallas is the best team in the NFC East. I know Allie loves to hear that being an Eagle fan, but I do think that they're just so explosive on offense. Eventually they're going to figure it out. Uh, the Kansas city Baltimore game on Sunday night was, it was good. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like it wasn't, but the, the calls against the chiefs 
in the secondary, the holding calls on, on Mathau, some of the like really, really, really petty calls that they made. I, I felt like they were made to keep Baltimore in the game. And, you know, my boy Bo and I, we always talk about betting the storyline and we bet the storyline on Monday night when the Raiders played and we bet the storyline on Baltimore against Kansas city. And they seem to hit. So on these national broadcast games, I would bet the storyline. And that's what happened on Monday night too. Consequently with green Bay, Detroit, even though Detroit was up at half 17, 14, uh, you know, green Bay came back in the third. And if you bet the storyline there, uh, the over and, and Aaron Rodgers breaking out of his show, you probably made some good money on that one too. So make sure that you, uh, Go get to DraftKings, use the promo code DNVR, and they will help you with any and everything. So, look, that wraps up week two. Uh, week three, I want to talk to my boy Lawrence Vickers about and get his opinion on some of these games, as I know he's honed in uh, the, the eight-year NFL vet that he is. But we're going to get into the, the Colorado Buffaloes, and their, I don't want to harp too long on their beatdown uh, at the hands of Minnesota, but mainly just look forward to Arizona State and get LV's perspective on that. And then talk about the NFL and, and whatnot and uh, have a couple laughs. All right. So, episode 126, we roll. Uh, my boy Lawrence Vickers joins us here on McChesney Unchained. LB, my man, what the fuck is up with you? It's good to see you again. Uh, we, we saw each other at Texas A&M. That was a heartbreaker. And then the bus went out and laid an absolute egg 30 to nothing in Folsom. Without being too hard on him. Because, you know, both of us, both of us bleed black and gold and we want our boys to win. Without being too hard on them, what do you think happened last week just from an outsider's perspective? And where do they go from here? I think um, sometimes when you – I think the Texas a and game took an effect on them, knowing they were supposed to win, knowing <clears throat> that they fought hard, and then, then having a backup quarterback in the game as well. They were supposed to go ahead and get that W, man. And I think – yes. They exerted a lot of energy into that, and I think losing kind of put them on the down spiral. Like, sometimes, you know how that shit, you know, sometimes it go like that. You can exert a lot mm-hmm. of energy into one thing, thinking that's going to push the team to where they need to be, and they didn't execute at the end. They just didn't finish, man. They played a great game, but they didn't finish, you know? And, I mean, it was kind of a – I can't say it was a more victory because at the end of the day with the backup quarterback and the starting quarterback out, we got to go and execute and finish that, dog. Just yeah, a loss is a loss. There are no moral victories. We know that. I mean, when I when I was a senior, you were a junior. Uh, we went to AM in, in 2004 and had them on the ropes and beating their ass the whole game. We lost to them in double overtime. Yep. And then the next week we came back and played Texas at home, and we, we got our ass handed to us. I'm not going to lie. And yes. I think it's a little bit of the same feeling is yes. we, we exerted so much against AM and ended up yes. losing. When we came back to Folsom, yeah, we wanted to win, but we just didn't play well as a group. We didn't play well. Um, so do you think that's what happened mainly against Minnesota? I really do, man. I really do. I really do. And I, like I say, I think if they would have won that game, it would have pushed the fire in them to be a little bit better, to execute a little better. You know, man, you know that winning, that shit is contagious, man. And you know You're how right. it feels. And especially if they would have got a gold brick, chance. How hot, man, that's what I say, man, that is a high that you can't get away from, man. That gold brick is something serious, bro. So I just think they exerted a lot of energy, man. And then next week they came back down and lost it, man. They just got to regather themselves, you know what I'm saying? Regather themselves, get back focused. And the only thing that makes shit better in Folsom is a dub, man. For real. Absolutely. That is the only so, thing. Okay. 
so so let's look at it like this then they go to arizona state saturday night arizona state is not a pushover they yes they lost against byu and they look kind of ugly doing it but byu has beat the shit out of three pac-12 south teams to start the season they're undefeated and ranked so i gotta figure that they're kind of good yeah um, kind of good arizona states they're going through their own turmoil down there with not following the COVID rules and all that fucking bullshit. We're not getting into the political side of things, but right. it is what it is. But they're still a pretty good football team. Uh-huh. The Buffs are now 15-point underdogs, and that number's growing because people only look at the score and outcome. They're not really evaluating the personnel, in my opinion. Exactly. I don't know if, I don't know if I've seen a Buff team with this much talent on it play that poorly. But my question for you is very ser- is, is very simple. Are you of the mindset that a beatdown like that is going to motivate this team to be better, or is that the nail in the coffin that seals the deal for CU and they don't win another game? Because I'm hearing a lot of people on the front range that have just gone straight in the toilet, like, oh, we're not going to win another fucking game. And I can't believe that that's the narrative. That's their mentality. That's their mentality. Their mentality got them thinking like that. My only way I can think and the only way I will think is that ass whooping gonna get them together so they can go get a dub. I'm not gonna sit here and give the whole season up after two, three games. I can't do that, bro. I won't do that. And that just say what type of people they are and what type of fucking fan they is. First of all, because you can't hold your nuts on us, man. At all, bro. It's black and gold to the day I die. I stand on this shit, Chess. I stand on it. And I'm gonna be right. You're damn to right. Chess, win, lose, or draw. Because guess what? With all the good talent that they have, if they don't execute it this year, guess what they are doing? They're gelling together, man. That shit is going to build, man. You got to you gotta give some shit time. Now, if this shit don't pop up like it's supposed to be, I think it'll happen next year. But if it happened like it's supposed to be and they start kicking ass, I do not want to see nobody hopping back on our nuts <laughs> at all. So once you step off the wagon, they're off the wagon is what you you're saying. Get back on. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, we, look, the last since since we left, not to sit here and beat our drum, we're both retired from the league. But yep. since we left, man, it's we haven't won a bowl game since my senior year. I'm fucking 40. That's not good. So it, it uh, and that was the Houston Bowl way back in the day. So yeah. it's not like it was a great ball game, but it was a good win. We um, almost beat Clemson, though, my senior. We almost had. Well, you did. You you did almost beat Clemson. That's true, but you didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, look, Vic. The what do you want to see from them on Saturday night when they go to the desert and they've got a uh, an Arizona State team they didn't get to play last year because of COVID, and I was pretty beat up about that. I always love playing these guys. Um, what do you? I don't necessarily need to see them win, but I need to see them perform. What fight. do you want to see? See them fight. I want to see them stood up in adversity. I want them to look adversity in the eye and give it all they got. And at the end of the day, whatever happens is gonna happen, man. Like we're not worrying about the end result. We're worrying about them getting together and judging together and playing together. Now, if they play together and they take an L, I can take that. But just laying down or just going and having a whole goose egg. Man, I'm not with that shit, man. I'm not I'm with it either. I'm not with no goose egg, man. I'm not with that type of life. I just want to see them gel together, man, play like brothers, man. That's it, man. Because that's all you got at the end of the day. That's all we had in both. We had each other. And that was the only shit. Whenever we looked around and shit got bad, we looked at each other, bro. That's what they got to do. 
Somebody got to step up and say, man, it ain't nobody's fault but ours, bro. And then the shit ain't going to get fixed until we fix it. The leadership needs to step up, man. The leadership needs to step up on the team, and that is not the coaches. The coaches can... I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought up the leadership. And I I am... uh, Look, in the Barnett era, and even in the Coach Mack era, and Coach Embry era, I don't know. I think Hawkins did this, but I'm not sure. We always had a C on our chest. You you wore a C on your chest. I wore a C on my chest. It's an honor because your teammates vote you captain. From a leadership perspective, they're rotating captains right now. And, like, they pick a new four every week. I personally hate that. I hate it. Why why do you think it's a bad idea? Because I know you do. Because you're not stamping it, man. You got to stamp this shit so they can know who's who. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I I don't have how Coach Truth do his, but – Say, man, our C's was the C's the whole fucking year, and they stood on it. Yes. When shit was wrong, they went to the coaches. When we had to get shit right, the coaches came to us. We had captain meetings. This shit was for real, man, because yep. it was all on us. It was on us. And that didn't mean you was a fucking senior because you had a C. So you didn't have to wait till your senior year. That shit means. Oh, you- yeah. Clat, Clat was a multiple time captain. I exactly. mean, it, Purify was a multiple time captain. It's, exactly. Look, it, the, the C on your jersey means, in my opinion, because you can always look to those guys and go, okay, leader, we voted you a leader. We voted you our captain. And now we're going to lean on you. And I, I can only go off my personal experience, but I remember. We started really well when I was a senior. We were three and zero, and then we were four and four and two, and then all of a sudden we were four and four, and we were one and three in the Big Twelve. And we were like, "Oh fuck, man, what are we gonna do?" And there was a bunch of people saying we weren't gonna win another game. And I remember standing up in a team meeting because I had to see on my chest, and it's my responsibility as a leader, and saying, "Look." We're about to run the fucking table and win the North and go back to the Big 12 title game. And everybody out there that's not with us can get either get with us or fuck off. And the, I've never seen our team more excited than after that meeting. And that's what we went out and did it. We, so I, I personally think that the rotating of the captains, it gets everybody looking for the leaders on the sideline rather than identifying the fact that the fact that Lamon doesn't have a C on his chest. I mean, what are we talking about here? Who's the best offensive lineman? Why doesn't he have a C on his chest? Why doesn't our quarterback have a C on his chest? Why doesn't Rice? Why doesn't Brady Russell? Like, I need I need them to identify who the who the fucking leaders are on this team so I can either or, ask them to do more or or maybe there's on not the team a leader can yet. Look to the leaders. Maybe there's not a leader yet. So you're so you're saying that maybe there are uh, just cons- well then, okay Hypo- hypothetically there may not be four core leaders I I, 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 say I can't this. believe I that say I this. know maybe. I say this Chaz. I say this you you've been a coach you know what that shit take you know what it take it could be nobody has um shown that type of dedication to vocalization. There, well, there's a look. There's a huge because, difference between playing football well and vocalizing leadership. So, look, that that may be the reason that they rotate captains. I don't. I know that Darrell did it at UCLA too. I really don't like it. Yeah, um, don't I'm like not it. criticizing the head man. It's his no. job. But I, I think that if if Lamman and Carson Wells both had a C on their chest, or and you know, and 
and Brandon Lewis and, and you know Casey Roddick had C's on their you chest. You can't pick the people. They have to pick them, man. And see, and that's the other thing that's missing here is that the team used to tell us who the captains were. Exactly. Not the coaches. The coaches had nothing to do with it. They had to ride with who the team picked. How, how are you going to so, pick a captain? Is is the this is this is essentially the coaching staff picking the captains every week, and I'm I don't think it's working because they're they're the players are looking to the coaches for leadership when the players should be looking to themselves and the group to come together and our leaders need to lead exactly exactly so man. How, how do we yeah. fix this I mean look any plan that's not able to change is a shitty plan right so in my opinion it's as easy as just saying these four guys are our captains and this is either we're either going to ride with these four or we're going to die with these four but these are our fucking guys yep that's oh, what well, gotta happen I hope man. That, you gotta I take hope that hand, bro you gotta you gotta take it see with football bro we gotta have something that we stand on our core values they can't switch every because you have a different captain every week. That means your core values are switching every week. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the the main and I'm sure Coach Barnett said this to you too. But yeah, the main thing Coach Barnett said to me when I was elected captain was they elected you captain because of who you are. Don't change. Go harder. They're Go gonna harder. follow you. And that I was, shit, and that I shit meant something, that shit. bro. That shit meant something. I'm not gonna lie to you. When you was a captain, bro, you knew at the end of the day it wasn't no plays off. It didn't matter what the fucking score was. You I can't was leave the always field. Always exonerate that same effort that Chess always yes. put out. You was gonna beat Chess regardless of what the score was. You was gonna push the next man next to you. You was gonna make him better than the fuck he was. That was your that's job. Your job was to make everybody play up to your level. That's what being captain is. Everybody got to play up to your level or they got to get the fuck on. And I agree with you. And that's why you were a captain and they matched you when you were saying shit, bro, that you were, you were a captain by default when you were a junior and they were matching yep. effort. And that's the thing. It, 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 when you see that, and I'm nowhere harping on this, but it's a, I think it's a leadership issue. It is. When that sees on your chest, the next, the next year of players, they want that shit. They you want wanted that. that C when you were a senior. Yes. Flat wanted it again when he was a yes. senior. Like, it means something when yes. when when Ewu was a captain with you too. Yep. Right? Yep. When Wu puts a when Wu put that C on his chest, it fucking means something. So we all have to I, act I really different, bro. That, we had to act different and carry ourselves as captains, bro. Yeah. We did. When shit was wrong with the team, we went to the coaches and told them what we needed. This shit wasn't no old coach tell us. We didn't we didn't vibe like that. Oh old, old coach tell us it's our team. It's, it's the players' team. team. So there's my next question. In, in in your opinion, do you think that they need the players need to take the team over right now? Because the more that they look to the coaches, we need to change the offensive coordinator. We need to play call this. Blah, all that is that's all media talk bullshit. That doesn't help anything in the room, in my opinion. It don't because you can change the coaches right now, and if they still have the same fucking attitude as players, ain't shit gonna change. You can't yeah. say the coaches are the problem. You just gotta fucking execute. Let's execute and see what happens, and see if we blame the coaches. We ain't blame the coaches when we fucking only uh, gave up ten points on Texas A and M, and then they come back the next week and put up damn near thirty something on somebody. Yeah, and we had to make a decision. Like, that could have been the time when we folded and we were like, okay, fuck this. We're not allowing this to happen. Yeah. And and the coach, look, this is the thing is, and, and we'll move on after this, but I feel like just knowing Coach Wilson and knowing Coach Shiv and the coaches that are up there, Coach Hagan, 
I feel like those men are just waiting for the leaders in the room to take over. They are, but bro, they're not going to walk. They're, they're not going to walk out there and tell had. them to. So we can't say that they don't see our vision. I just feel just like how you feel, bro. Them kids, them young adult, them young men, got to They got to drop their nuts, bro, and step up, bro. I they got to understand the position that they in. I love this. They got to understand the position that they in. They got to understand who the. First of all, they got to understand what the fuck school they in and what they represent. Pride and tradition, Buffalo pride. You need to understand what the fuck that means, man. And I and look, I truly believe that with the exception of 2016, when they won 10 games and had Phil and I, what did Phil wear on his chest? A C? Yeah, it sure fucking did. Like, I'm just saying, like, so did Tedrick and so did uh, Cheeto and so, like, so did Seppo. Like, those guys all had C's on their chest. I'm just saying. I, I feel like since 2000, with that being the enigma, this is the best talented CU team I've seen in Boulder in yes, years. Bro, they have a lot of talent. If they don't they figure have, this they out, they have though, everything they need. All those kids are going to get overlooked at the next level, Vic. And so, if that's what we have to do, if that's what we have to say to them to motivate them. That's what motivated me when I was in college. When Wilson walked up to me and said, "You're fucking this up," I was like, "I'm not going to let that happen. I need my pension." So, you can't exactly. put out. Uh, you can't put out a, 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 a defensive effort against Texas A&M the way they did. And then and then the next week go out and look like an exact opposite version of that football team. Exactly. So, exactly. So that said, that said, how do you see them going the rest of the year? I mean, are they still a bowl team in your eyes? Do they win more than one or two more games? Because I think they do. And, I think and they where, where do they go offensively? I think, I think they win more than one or two games. I think the offense has some weapons. They just have to get more good at being consistent. I think the kids are going to have to push a little bit harder. I do. I'm being all the way G. I think the kids are going to have to push harder because they have to want it, Chiz, at the end of the day. The coaches don't play not one fucking game. The coaches can nope. be as excited as anybody. And I know them coaches. I know the coaches who they got. And I know what yeah. they stand for. So I know it ain't the fucking coaches. This I know. This I know. I know them. I know what them guys stand for. And I would never ever say, hey, yeah, you know, like, nah. Cause soon as I got there, I got the same vibe I got when I was in school when they pulled up on me. Straight up, Chess. I got the same vibe from them guys then. Even well, now, that's the way I felt too. The meetings I've had with the staff, and you know, you you played for Hagen. Like that's I played like me for Wilson. knowing you and saying Chess is a total no. Chess has always been a kick your ass person. I'm a kick your ass person. That she was wrong later. You always been. Why would I think you changed? Why would well, I think you changed? I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad that you say that because a lot of people don't understand why I am the way I am, and this is why you and I, this is why you and I are talking, brother. All right, so that's why we brothers, brothers. They don't, they always call them crazy for a reason. But guess what? Crazy means crazy means we fucking sing. That's all that means. I ain't that crazy. Means we I ain't crazy. This is how we with. operate. This is how hey, we so, operate. Either you get with it or you get rolled over. God damn, Vic. You're getting me ready to play. My palms start to sweat. All right, so <laughs> give me your prediction for Saturday night. My prediction for Saturday night, man, we're going to get the dub. It's going to be hard. It might be a little it might be a little shaky in the beginning, but at the end of the day, we're going to get the dub, and that's all that matters. All right, you heard it there. Lawrence Fickers predicts a, a Buffalo win in the desert. I'm going with them, too. I think that they rebound and make people eat a lot of crow. And, God, I hope they do. Uh, do not come back on, on our bandwagon, please. 
Well, there's a lot of pride on that football team, and I know they didn't, they're didn't. they not happy about the way they played, and the only way that they can fix it is to go out and beat the shit out of somebody because talk is fucking cheap. <clears throat> okay, speaking of talk being cheap, what do you think about – and look, I, I, know, I know that as a fullback in the NFL, I've watched you do it in games. We played against each other when I've been on the sideline because I got moved to offense. But I've watched you run linebackers over and stand over them and talk shit. I know your mouthpiece never stops, especially when you're winning. Very similar to me, because I'm going to let you know when I'm beating your ass. Um, the new taunting rule in football, is it worse than the targeting rule? Or I, I can't even fucking believe that they're penalizing taunting like this in the NFL. I don't know if I could play. That's the part of the damn game, bro. I don't know how you take the emotion out of what people want to see. Like, you can't take, that's the part of football talking. This is the part of football. Letting you know that I got the best of you is a part of football. They keep trying to, I hate to say it, but man, they keep, keep trying to make this shit seven on seven, man. It ain't meant to be like that. It ain't meant to be for the timid of the week, bro. This shit is uh, a- I had a- you know who Rob Nikovich is, right? Played outside linebacker for the Patriots for a lot of years. I had Nico on about yep. two weeks ago talking talking about the same issue. And he, you know, he seems to think, and I agree with him, that they're trying to do all these things to make it more politically correct and safer. And in my opinion, they're driving the base away from the game. Yes. If you take all the contact out, every hard hit is a penalty. And then you take the ability to talk shit out. I mean, how? how what are we doing? Are we what, playing basketball or what? To like, are am we I supposed to kill you with kindness? Uh, like, here, I'm going to beat your ass today. And then we're going to have a meeting about it and talk nice. Be like, hey, good play, bro. High five. No, fuck all that. That's not how it works. I would feel like you were talking more shit to me if you were nice to me on the field. Can I can 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 I say this, Chance? Well, you can say whatever you want. This shit was made for only the one percenters, man. They trying to make this shit for any and everybody. No, no, it's not going to be special if you make it for any and everybody. It's not. So you do you think a, this rule will go away? I hope so. I know it will, because you know what? Something that they just don't enforce. Nah, I mean, like, you know how they make a rule one year, the next year they take it out? Yeah, try to see by, by watching them do it all the time. The more you let them be able to predict how the game go, the more they keep fucking changing it. And the more they, the more they keep making our game a seven-on-seven, seven, bro. It, football is becoming a seven-on-seven. Seven. Hey, not so what that said, is, football man. becoming a seven-on-seven. Seven. I, I hate it, too. I, I hate it, bro. Ridiculous. You taking but the physical the part time, out. This is a physical sport. It ain't meant for you to stay there for 15, 20 years. First of all, let's get that clear. This shit is well, a physical sport. It's meant for you to play your best as, as fast as you can. And it ain't meant for you to hold back shit. That's why you don't get that, that, that many years. Because if you sit back and bullshit at any time, that shit can be taken away from you. That's why you got to make the team every year. Because this shit was meant to be played hard. Point blank period. And if they can't take it away from you too, it's not honored the same way in my personal opinion. So, all right, let's get into some of these games this weekend. Uh, the Thursday night game is, is in your neck of the woods, Houston hosts Carolina. You played for the Texans. I don't think the Texans are as bad as people say they are being a one-on-one -on -one football team right now. Phil Lindsay is playing his ass off for them. Two touchdowns in two weeks. I, I everybody's going to ride with Carolina in this game. 
I think this is one of the sneaky games of the weekend where you could make some money on this too on DraftKings for sure if you go with Houston. How do you feel about the Texans taking this on Thursday night? I feel like the Texans got a good chance just because they playing well as a team. They got a couple good defensive people, but they running the ball, man. You know, it, it, anytime you're running the ball in the NFL, that means you're going to be able to withstand some time, keep keep the ball out of other people's hands and then shit. At the end of the day, if you're running the ball, that means that uh, the, the other side is on the field less. So if they get less time on the field, and then Carolina ain't just juicy like that. Let's get it. Let's get it good. Shit, this is a buff over there on motherfucking uh, the Texas team. I'm going with Lansing, though. I'm going with Lansing. Oh, you're rolling man. with the Texans Thursday and night. Anybody that knows me know I do not, I do not like the Texans at all, but I'm going <laughs> for the Texans. <laughs> I hate them, but I'm rolling with them. I love them. Uh, all right, so I wanted to get your opinion on. I don't like the Texans all because I got, I got drafted there. I didn't like Gary Kubiak. He's a bullshit-ass coach, and I stand on that. <laughs> uh, I don't give a damn. He's a soft-ass coach. And he was with some bullshit. And now everybody getting a chance to see it. That's why. But as far as the players, I fuck with the players, but the organization is on some different shit. And I experienced yeah, that shit no when I got there, that. and I knew it from when I even played against them. I knew that their organization, I knew the organization was also bullshit even playing against them. But when I got there, I really seen it. And that shit ain't what's up. But it's a Buffalo over there, so that lets you know how I feel about my Buffs. All right, so I think Houston wins as well. So ride with Phil Lindsay in, in Houston on Thursday night. Hey, I wanted to get your opinion on Lamar Jackson. And he became one of the first quarterbacks in NFL history to go for 200 and, and or go, throw for 200, rush for 100, and have three touchdowns. Again, he's done it three or four times. Mm-hmm. Why do you think so many folks are on the Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to, to, to... want to see it? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. You know what Lamar Jackson did? You see how many more black quarterbacks it is in the league that run now? He's changing the fucking game, Chess. Thank I'm God, too. Chess, Chess, everybody wearing low number jerseys now. It's going, NFL football is starting to get like college, which college, just like you and I know, that is the that is the most funnest football you can possibly Oh, it was have. so incredible. It is the, it, it, it was it's so better incredible. than the NFL because you're doing it with your brothers. It ain't like everybody get to go home at the end. It's a bunch of grown ass men when you get to the league. The team can right away kind of go down a little bit versus it does in college. That perception of the NFL. They're making the NFL more fun. And look how many running quarterbacks we got in the league now. I love I love watching it. I I, think I that, love like, watching it. You know, I absolutely why? love because it. Because it makes defense so fucking hard. It makes it so hard for the defense. You know how I feel about y'all getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that makes it hard on the defense, you're fair. I love right it. Down. I love it. Anything that makes it hard for the defense, I love it. I love it, man. So, but, do you think do you think Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl? I think I'm gonna be all the way honest with you. I think he get there, man. I think he get there one day. I think he get there one day. And the I think they can I win that, like that, honestly. The only reason I said it is because he understands where he's at. You know, I was in that division, Chess. We in the elements well, out there, Chess. Ain't no inside foot. Everything is outside. I've been over there. Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. We outside, Chaz. We're the element. Yeah, there's no domes. There's no domes in the the AFC North. Yeah. 
you got to run the ball over there. You got to. And guess what? At the end of the day in December, it's cold and fucking it's snowing. <laughs> and it's good for you, too. That's football weather, baby. All right. So you know hey, how I then- feel. Hey, the team that run the ball weather going to always win, bro. That pass should be out the window, bro. When it comes right, down so let me to ask it, you this man, about that running the ball then. out the window. How impressed are you with Derrick Henry huh? and his Derrick Henry, his longevity? How impressed are you with him? Do you like Derrick? Are you a Derrick Henry I fan or are you just think he's big? I love Yeah, him. I, love I love him too. Because they're trying to extinct us. They're trying to extinct us. They first they tried to get rid of the big backs. Then they tried to bring out a little back. Then they all the running backs and all that, you know, because they're trying to make it a wide receiver game, man. They're switching. They're trying to transfer running backs out every two, three years. Think about it. The fullback is thing. They're trying to take the running game away, and he's making a stake. So I'm all for it. And he's a big dog. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm a, I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan. Going, I think he, was, he is so fun to watch. On the uh, on the broadcast Sunday, I think he had like 30 yards rushing at halftime and ended with 190 and three touchdowns. So that'll tell you what the running game does to you. All right, Vic. Exactly. Prediction for the Buffs to win. Bam. Uh, you got Houston winning on Thursday night. You got Baltimore going. All good stuff. Lawrence Vickers, brother, thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't thank you enough. Uh, enjoy your the rest of your Tuesday. And uh, I can't wait to see you when we go up to see you USC and get that dub over the Trojans. Hey, bro, love you, bro. I- love you, man. Love Have a good you, bro. day, brother. I'll see you soon. Fucking go Buffs. Go Buffs, baby. All right, big thanks to LB as we uh, wrap up 126 here, uh, McChesney Unchained, and we get into your Denver Broncos. So, the Denver Broncos. Last week, I I was impressed. Um, you know, I, I I wasn't super impressed. I still think they need to run the ball a lot better. Um, but at the same time, I do agree with Grandpa Vic that people in the first two weeks, the, the defenses have been doing everything humanly possible to shut down the Broncos goes running game and it, it it worked for a little while in game one and then melvin gordon broke a 70 yarder we didn't get any big explosion plays in the run game in week two but it did set up the play action looks down the field that worked like a charm and i love the fact that they didn't stop calling the shots i love the fact that teddy kept throwing them because all you need is one of those to hit and you're rolling um i i you know the broncos are two and oh no one's going to sit here and bitch about that but they haven't played anybody with balls i can't wait to see the baltimore game and i hope hope as an ex-jet that they don't overlook the new york jets coming in on sunday i'm taking my boys to the game uh, i can't wait to be in a in a sold out you know rocking uh in power field that place is going to be absolutely bumping on sunday it's gonna it might be the best home atmosphere in the history of the broncos just af- after everything that's happened uh, but don't take the jets lightly if you remember correctly, the starting center played for a long time here in Denver, and they would like nothing more than to catch the Broncos slipping and sleeping. And I really doubt that happens at home in the opener, but this is the National Football League. And the last time the Broncos came in undefeated playing a team from New York, it was the Giants like four or five years ago, and they they were terrible. And the Broncos were huge favorites, and they lost 23-10 to 10 in that game. And that was the end of Trevor Simeon as we, as we know him. So – it, look, anybody can lose any given Sunday. That's why they have that term. And I would think that the Denver's mature enough with Teddy Bridgewater at the quarterback position uh, to to beat this team, start 3-0, and then, you know, 
that game against Baltimore is going to be an absolute dogfight. We're going to see where Denver's at at that point. Um, I Look, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a calming force for this team. Guys know that they can look at him and actually get an answer, very similar to what Vic and I were just talking about with the captaincy on your chest. Last year, Drew Locke is asking questions of his offensive linemen and skill players, and now they're asking the quarterback, and Teddy's given answers. Uh, he's got answers on the sideline, and that's what you look for out of a leader, not only to motivate but also to answer. Uh, and he's done an unbelievably good job with that. His completion percentage is through the roof, and he's, he's completing a lot of passes down the field. He's also, and, and you'll see this today on the turning point, uh, when we do the turning point today, uh, it's the Noah Fant touchdown. He's also doing a great job of identifying the individual one-on-one matchups across the board, throwing the football, and that allows his receivers to break tackles and score points or get first downs, something that Drew Locke, Drew thought he had to throw guys open past the first down marker last year, whereas Teddy knows he can throw it one or two yards short and rely on Noah Fant first rounder or Sutton or Tim Patrick, who's balling right now, to go and get him a first down or a touchdown. Uh, so that that's good to see. There's a lot of trust in his guys. Uh, the offensive line is playing relatively well, not great, but relatively well. Uh, I can't say I'm I'm – Shocked that Glasgow was out. Um, he missed a lot of time last year too. Uh, again, I if you're gonna if everyone in Denver, every dumbass Bronco fan that's gonna sit here and say Bradley Chubb is a bust, that guy's a fucking free agent bust. Then I mean, what are we talking about? And we'll get straight into that conversation right now. Look, Bradley Chubb is not a bust. Football is hardcore, and he's hurt, and he's trying to play through it and be tough. And because he did, he got hurt more, and I can attest to that. Uh, I, I played on a broken ankle once, and it it led to me tearing both of my groins off the bone at the same time uh, and, and being out for an entire year because I rebroke my leg in the same game. So it, you, can, you can hurt yourself a lot more by – trying to play through the injury and he's trying to play through it because it's a contract year and he's trying to be tough and he wants to play with Vaughn and the venom that he gets back from Broncos country is he's soft and he's a bust. I mean, how fucking dare you criticize a guy out there giving it his all playing hurt. And that it, it's the most cowardly shit I've ever heard. Cause these same fucking Bronco fans would be the ones trying to carry his luggage in the airport and asking for autographs and shit. So let's be real. Let's be real careful about who we're criticizing on a toughness scale while you're watching him fucking play. Number one, uh, number two, he's far from the bust. He's an all pro player and a pro bowler already. And when he's healthy, he's one of the best defensive and outside linebackers in football. He's like a long, a young Khalil Mack in my opinion. So uh, the last thing that we want to do is run him off. And if anything, the injury part of it might be able to get, get him to drop his number on his contract a little bit. So we get him an even better deal, uh, get him at an even better deal, excuse me, moving into his free agency negotiations. But at the same time, it might give us an easy out to not re-sign him and let him move on and, and go a different route. Maybe keep Malik Reed around and let him play more if, so there's a lot of positives and negatives that go with this. Um, Look, the Broncos should absolutely mop the Jets. Let's not sit here and act like they shouldn't. They should beat the absolute living hell out of the Jets. And honestly, I wouldn't be the last time the Jets came to Denver, they shut them out. I wouldn't be surprised if they shut them out again. Uh, the Jets are anemic on offense. Zach Wilson is throwing the ball all over the place to the other team. And, you know, they, they just don't have anybody to press the Denver defense at all. Uh, their big tackle Beckham is out and at six foot eight, 360 pounds, you'd imagine he would be, uh, there's going to be a lot of orthopedic issues with big man. Uh, when he's healthy, he's one of the best, but when he's not, he's out. And there is, there is no middle ground with him. He can't play hurt. He's too big. Um, 
as an ex-Jet, I love my Jets, but it's kind of a curse being a, being a Jet alum because they are dog shit all the time. Uh, but I'm still going to roll with them, and I, I love them, but I'm also an ex-Bronco, and they're way better, and, you know, I'm, I'm a Colorado guy. So I'm going I'm to go with the Broncos, and I think the Broncos shut the Jets out uh, at home, and they beat them uh, 24 to nothing and absolutely roll them and, and put a beating on, on the Jets' offense, so they're pretty much anemic. I think Zach Wilson, if he thought the, the Patriots' defense was coming after him hardcore, that was just basically scheme. This Broncos' defense is loaded with talent, and I like the scheme they're using right now. So I'm sure Vaughn is, is licking his fucking chops this weekend uh, going after the quarterback, and I would imagine there'll be multiple defensive linemen and linebackers blitzing and coming from everywhere to confuse this young kid. Uh, the outlaw, Josie Jewell touch on this real quick losing him is is shitty but like i've said on so many other shows here on mcchesney and chain they i feel like they have the secondary people to overcome this and this is what i mean just play nickel put kareem jackson in the box because he doesn't miss tackles patrick sotan's big enough to play the nickel he rarely misses tackles he's gotten better and better and better each day he goes in they have fuller they have callahan they have Michael uh, Amadouzaway, uh, the dude from Iowa, I can't pronounce his name. Big fucking surprise. McChesney can't say somebody's goddamn name. What a shocker. Uh, you get Ronald Darby back. Uh, Justin Simmons, they got dudes all over the secondary that can also rally and tackle and play hard. So I would imagine that they could insert one of them in the nickel linebacker role and probably get better and not miss a beat. They're going to have to find somebody that's going to fucking cover Waller and Kelsey four times this year. So I guess we'll see. Um so I got the bus winning and the Broncos winning this weekend. And I guess the bus pick is a total homer pick. They could go down there and absolutely shit the bed based on what I've seen, but they could go down there and play the same way they played against Texas A&M. And if they do that against Arizona state, Arizona state won't move the ball. So I'm going to go the uh, optimistic route, not the pessimistic route uh, and say that my Buffalo's turned around this weekend and get a huge W and trust me, if they do, I'm going to be talking so much fucking shit. It is going to be – I'm going to need a fucking muzzle. Uh, the Broncos should be 3-0 and going into Baltimore week. That game against the Ravens and then the Steelers right afterwards are going to tell me if they're on the same level as a team like the Raiders who just beat the Ravens and the Steelers. Um, so I guess we'll see with all of that. Uh, there is a division game this weekend in the AFC West as the Chargers go to Kansas City, so we'll be watching that one closely as well, although Kansas City probably wins that game uh, at home. The Raiders have the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to be without Tua, so I'd imagine the Raiders will be a 3-0 football team uh, playing uh, in Vegas at the same time the, the Jets come to Denver. So we, we will see. That is episode 126 with Chesney Unchained. I am your host, as always, Matt Chesney. Huge thanks to my boy, uh, Lawrence Vickers, for coming on the show and not only getting me primed up and ready to run through a fucking wall, but telling the truth. I mean, you're, you're not going to get any pull punches from Vic uh, and look, man, there's an ex- an explicit rating on this show for a reason. So if you got rabbit ears and you don't like guys cursing and getting down, then this is the wrong goddamn show for you. Uh, but Vickers is, and I were talking as if we were talking on the phone. And if your feelings get hurt about it, then call your fucking congressman or something. I don't give a shit if your feelings are hurt. Life goes on. This is McChesney Unchained 126, 127 rolls next week with hopefully a 3-0 Bronco team and a 2-2 buff team coming back to Boulder ready to take on USC. 
Uh, thank you to everybody at DMVR for all they do on the show. And uh, remember to follow everybody at Six Zero Academy on Twitter and Instagram and thednvr.com for all the content uh, down at the bar off of Colfax. I am Matt McChesney. Thank you to Lawrence Vickers. Thank you to the team down at DMVR. And we roll. Check out the turning point as we talk about Noah Fant and Teddy Bridgewater.